Hello, everyone, and welcome to C-View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pareco. Our opening song features Reach for the Stars from Cyclone's new album, Showtime, available on all music stores and platforms. A moment of your time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. We are honored every time we've received a moment of your time. We are servants of the new age, the time of prophecy, the time of the ascending sixth sun. We are a platform for alchemists and multidimensional souls. We connect with many planes of reality and assist the awakening journey. We are pure light, transmitters of high vibrational light out into reality. Our shows are held on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. At any moment to participate on our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. Call for free at 805-830-8344 and wait in line or you can use Take My Call. And for $11, you can jump the long list of callers. Do so at www.paypal.me slash P-U-R-E-C-O slash 11. And then please PM or email Claudia Pareco at cview1111 at gmail.com and include the phone number you'll be using to call the show. All of our podcasts are easily found in all social media and are available free, live, or on demand. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco at cview1111 at gmail.com or visit our website, cview1111.net. Now, let's listen to our host and topic of the day. Danny and welcome everybody to see you 2022. Today we present pets and the afterlife messages from spirit dogs from the third book by author Rob Gutra. We are so proud to present this best-selling author and topic because we love dogs. I have dogs all my life. I have had most any pet that I can imagine, but to me, dogs are dear to my heart. And when you as a parent of a dog goes through the horrible experience of losing your best friend, it is, uh, to me, I cannot describe a worse pain that I have ever encountered in my life. And even though I believe in the afterlife, I believe in reincarnation, I believe in many things, nothing prepared me to coming to that empty house every day and not having her greet me the way she would. So I never thought pain would be could be felt that way. Even losing a dear, my dear mom did not feel that way, and that really surprised me. So, when I heard about this amazing pet communicator, psychic Rob Gutro, and he asked to be part of the show, I was beyond myself because I know. This information is not only pertinent and, and accurate, but it's something that many people are looking for. We are all looking to communicate, to receive messages, to understand, and to heal. So let's bring author Rob Gutro, who is not only the author of these three uh, books about pets and the afterlife, he just finished his next uh, book. He's going to tell us a little bit about this. But he's also a, a paranormal investigator, a medium, 
with Inspire Co-Strapping of Maryland. He's become known as pet medium, although he communicates with pets and people who have pets since he was a child. And he wrote this book and all of the others with some desires and hopes. And we're going to begin with that. We want to welcome Rob Gutra to the show. And also, we want to let people know that he does take clients. He has a waiting list all the way to um, summer, July, I believe. He's, that's what he said. And to uh, contact him for a reading, you can go to his website, robcultro.com or petspirit.com, and all of his readings are through email. And he's going to let us know why, because he has a very good reason why. Hey, Rob, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Hi, Claudia. Thank you very much for having me today. I really appreciate it. And thank you for the introduction. Well, I just can't find enough things to say about you and how grateful I am to have you here. So, I, I, you know, it's like when you have these trillions of words and all you can add at the, at the last thing is thank you for being here. Oh, well, thank you. Um, it, I never anticipated um, – doing what I do, and I do this part-time, by the way, during the, during the week, my career is a scientist. I'm actually a meteorologist. So that's why um, I, I do it during the, the weekends. Um, maybe when I retire, it'll be full-time. <laughs> <laughs> but there are so many grieving pet parents that really need, um, they really need assurance and they need uh, understanding about what happens after our pets pass. So that I, I believe that is my purpose, and it was all thanks to a dog that I had named Buzz, who tragically passed as a puppy back in 2005. And and what happened? Like how did did his passing ignite this? Well, um, back when I was, you mentioned that I can see I can see pets and people and communicate with them. Back when I was 13, I, I had my first experience and I saw my grandfather appear to me and um, my mother confirmed that she had the ability. She didn't use it. She was afraid of it. It wasn't until 2005 when my puppy uh, passed uh, his leash opened when I was walking him and he was killed by a speeding car. Um, but he came through suddenly. It's like he exploded my abilities and he came through in many ways. So as someone who always kept a journal, I wrote everything down. It became the foundation of my first book. And and I decided to write that book because I wanted to be able to share with everybody else who experienced the same kind of loss that I did that that our pets are still communicating from the afterlife. And uh, but Rob, why is it that doesn't happen with every pet that you have and to all people around the world? Well, that's a great question. Um, there are a couple of reasons why that people are may not get signs from their loved ones, either pet or people, after they pass. One is, is that grief blocks any messages from spirit. Grief is a very, very powerful emotion. And emotions are energy. So that can block the, the energy uh, um, and, and signs from pets and, and people. Um, the other thing, too, is that we have to be open-minded. Um, we also have to understand that when it comes to spirits, there's really no such thing as a coincidence. Um, and uh, we, we need to learn the ways that they communicate. And so that's why I wrote Pets in the Afterlife 1, 2, and 3, and they're all filled with, with stories and experiences that, uh, that I, I have had through readings that I've given or people who have written to me or, or talked to me about their own experiences, um, they're in those books. So they tell you all the different ways that pets communicate. And, uh, and we can talk about all the different ways um, so that we can help your listeners understand what to look for. Yes, please. 
Okay, so um, I, I, first I'll explain a, a few things that, that Buzz communicated with me. Um, Buzz was a, he was only seven months old when he passed away. And when I, I was actually given Buzz, my Weimaraner, as a birthday present. Um, and, you know, it's, it, it, it's hard to be surprised by a dog just like it would be for it by, by a human child because they're, to me, they're very similar except one has fur and a tail. Um, they need constant care. Um, so, uh, Buzz and I really developed a very close relationship because he came to me and he had, he developed pneumonia when he came to, when he was given to me. So I spent the first two weeks with him every single day, every minute, um, you know, uh, taking care of him and nursing him back to health. Um, so when he passed, he wanted to make sure that I was okay and that I knew he was still there. So he, uh, over time, um, he wound up. Uh, making a visible appearance. I actually visibly saw him and I followed him into another room and then he disappeared. <laughs> so I knew it was him. Um, he moved things. Um, I, at the time of Buzz's passing, I, I had a, uh, a roommate and I remember my roommate uh, waiting in the car for my roommate to come out of the house and he ran out of the house screaming that he saw a sneaker move from one side of the hallway to the other side. Buzz had an affinity for destroying shoes and sneakers, <laughs> so he did that. Um, sometimes uh, people may hear a jingle of a collar or a bark, uh, always sounding like it, it's coming from another room. Sometimes you may hear nails on the floor. Um, you may feel them as a cold spot, explain why that is um, scientifically. You may be led to another uh, dog or cat uh, that looks like them. And I'm using dogs or cats, by the way, Claudia, because um, they're the most common, um, most common domesticated pet. But it's any domesticated animal can communicate with us. I've done readings for rabbits and ferrets, <laughs> even <laughs> a pet rat, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, uh, I, I kind of draw the line on spiders and snakes because I, <laughs> I kind of creeped out by them. Nothing, no, you know, no offense to people with spiders and snakes, but um, I like to stick with the furry ones. <laughs> um, <laughs> but any, anyone that, uh, any pet that lives with us, they they pick up our habits. They know our language. They learn our language, certainly. Um, they know routine. These are all the different ways that pets learn, by the way. And um, Dr. Stanley Corrin is somebody that I cite in my books who wrote <clears throat> The Intelligence of Dogs and How Dogs Think. And in his book, he explained that dogs and cats have all different levels of learning, just like humans do. <clears throat> they have instinctual learning. They have social learning. They, uh, they know routine. Um, you know, we often say our dogs can tell the time without even knowing how to read the clock. Um, <laughs> uh, just be late for feeding them, right? Um, so we also treat them like children. We take them to school. We teach them obedience. We teach them how to go to the, the bathroom outside. Um, we teach them words, commands. They know their name. We teach them how to play well with others. We take them to the, the doctor when they're sick. So we really do the same things that we do with pets, that we do with human children. And, and, and Claudia, my, uh, I always like to say that the only difference between pets and human children is that pets will never grow up, move out, and marry someone you don't like. Yeah, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the only, that's the, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so pets learn all the different ways. And, and because they learn all of those things, they have the ability to communicate with us. Um, and, and, and they can uh, focus on different things in our environment. So um, I have many uh, different examples of how that has happened. So I'm going to leave it there and go back to you. 
Yeah, and, and I was reading some of the, the chapters in your book, and I can see how many of those examples help you a lot and with understanding the signs that they might be giving us, like our pets. So thank you for writing that book. But remember, Rob, we were talking before about when you, you prepare to give a reading, and which is usually or almost always by email, and you are preparing your space. You're going to get into your uh, zone, I, I assume, to get in contact with, that, with your pets. And you were telling me how when you connect with spirit, and the reason why you are not doing live readings during the show is it's like going into a stadium and then connecting, and then you have a stadium full of little children, like you just described them as, and they all want a reading. They all want to come through you to communicate. So in this way, you can just make sure that you connect with one dog. But you, So the question was, when you do, let's say you're in that stadium and you want to communicate with my dog. My dog was a very shy dog. She was not very vocal and not, would she come and the other ones patiently stay while you talk to her so yes she she would come if um and, and thank you for bringing that up about the way that i do readings um for me it's really important to when i do readings i ask people for a couple of things I, I need the pet's name i also need to, to tell uh to tell me whether or not the pet is a male or female because if somebody sends me a pet's name uh, of peanuts I wouldn't be able to tell <laughs> you know so, um, um, I also need a picture and <clears throat> Reiki masters also do this too <clears throat> is that we use pictures we connect to the picture um, because there's an energy there um, the other thing I need to I always ask for is <clears throat> uh, the name of the person and if there are any other people in the house that want to be addressed in the in the reading, um, because people don't want to be left out. So, for instance, if a family, if 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 a mother of a family writes me to connect with their dog or cat, um, they they need to tell me if there's any children because the children often want to hear from their dog or cat too because they miss them as well. Um, if I don't ask the dog or cat, the dog or cat usually typically doesn't respond and say, oh, by the way, here's a, here's a message for little Billy or something. Um, it's just like having a conversation with people and, and kind of interviewing them. And that's, that's what it's like with spirit is that I have to ask them some questions. So I always give the um, – I always ask the pet any questions that someone has for them, like – what kind of signs will you give me? Um, do my other pets in the, uh, that are living, can they see you? How will I know? Um, just, just general things like that. <clears throat> and when I do readings, by the way, they're not one or two sentences. These readings are like a page or a page and a half <clears throat> because our pets are so excited that they want to share a lot of things. Um, the other thing too, uh, Claudia, is that if somebody – people have sometimes asked me, what's my pet's favorite thing? Well, <clears throat> that's really not an accurate question because it, I don't know about you, but my favorite things have changed over time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I used to love ice cream, and then I became intolerant to it. So I don't love it anymore. As a matter of fact, I don't <clears throat> even want to see it. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so our, our pets, uh, our, their preferences change over time. Um, they will they will just talk about things that that they loved um and so just kind of all those things come out in the reading usually so so they keep their personalities when they pass yes they do keep their personalities when they pass so for anybody who has multiple pets on the other side um what um what happens is um if I call your pet by name, they will usually come through to me. Um, 
there's only been two instances where I've tried to connect to a pet and they were too shy and they didn't want to connect. So I had to keep going back a couple of times before that happened. Um, <laughs> but the the ones with the more social personality, they will usually come through more than the ones that are more shy. And and I can I can explain that this way. My mom and dad have both passed. My dad passed in 2008. Mom passed in 2013. When my dad passed in 2008, he came through to me pretty often. Um, when my mom passed in 2013, I only hear from my mother from now on. That's because in life, <clears throat> my dad was a quiet guy, and he always let my mother do all the talking. So in spirit, it's the same way. Do you think that's for their sake or your sake? Like, would it, it's because it makes more sense to you that she speaks more, or is it because, uh, you see what I mean, or is more them or you? Um, I, it's just my, it's, well, it's, it's their personality. So it's my mother, my mother's personality. My mother was Italian and she's very strong willed. So <laughs> she liked to talk <laughs> and my dad was a quiet kind of Irish guy. So he, he was, um, he liked staying in the back. So whenever, you know, whenever, uh, they needed to communicate with anybody, my father would just stand there and let my mother do all the talking. And that's what your pets do. It depends on the pet, of course. Now, Rob, when you have uh, you have written three books and you have done this for some time, have you noticed that there are similarity in signs or symbols they use, or are they all different for each dog? Like, like for example, sometimes uh, when you have people that communicate with spirit, with spirit um, people. They mm -hmm. tend to say that, well, when you have a, the smell of rose, that is the Virgin Mary coming to you, or like general generalizations in some signs. Do we find the same with pets? Are there certain signs that they associate with certain messages and that you get a lot? Uh, there, yes, there, there are some common signs. So <clears throat> some of the common signs that pets will uh, convey uh, include um, the use of coins. Um, humans in spirit use coins. And when pets use coins, they get help from a human spirit. And whenever you find a coin, um, pick it up and look at the year on the coin, because that can be a clue to, as to who is sending you a message. Um, our friend Ed in spirit that I wrote about in my book, Kindred Spirits, he loved coins. He loved to collect coins for his coffee. And um, whenever he's around, we always find pennies dated 1996. That was the year he passed. So <clears throat> take note of the year. Um, other things, um, they, uh, one of the common things they, they do is they lead us to another pet that looks like them. And that could be either a picture or you may see the pet, the pet in person. Suddenly you may find a, an image on the, that comes up on the Internet that looks like them. And what that means is they – made you go to the internet on that particular web page at that particular moment in time to see that image that looks like them so you'll know they're with you. It, it's all very orchestrated. <clears throat> There's no such thing as a coincidence. Um, so some pets will use, uh, <clears throat> other pets will use uh, birds. Um, they'll manipulate birds to, uh, to behave oddly. Birds, butterflies, um, Squirrels. Uh, one woman said that when her uh, when her husband died, um, a badger came up to her her window, her back window, sliding glass door, and stared at her sitting at the table for about half an hour. She said when her dog died two years later, a, another badger came up to the window and stared at the window right after the dog died for about a half an hour, and she knew that her husband and, and her dog were helping that badger act really weird so that, they, that she would know that they're there. Um, do use, they do use individual signs that are uh, connected to them. For instance, 
in my Pets in the Afterlife 3 book, I wrote about a, a reading that I did for a little black and tan dachshund named Joffrey. And um, so when people send me emails, they usually send me – they don't really tell me any information unless they want to know <clears throat> certain things, um, like – how how did my pet pass or it, are they okay on the other side or you know who are they with or something like that um so when i received this email uh about joffrey um all i got was his picture and his name and um if he a question that was was he okay well joffrey shared a picture uh joffrey told me that um who he was closest to in the couple. And then he also said he was very proud of um, a ramp that he used, um, a ramp to go up and down stairs. He was a dachshund. So <laughs> I get it helps if dachshunds have ramps because it's not good for their back otherwise. So he was very proud of that ramp. And, you know, I, I, I was like, okay, I, I hope they, you know, I, I hope they understand what that means. Well, they wrote back and they said that um, that one of them had built a ramp, and Joffrey was very proud of learning how to go up and down that ramp. So that was the most personal and critical image or sign that Joffrey could give to me to convey it with him. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And uh, Rob, okay, so your dog passes, and there always is desire that they come back. Do they come back to you as another dog or as another pet? Do they come immediately after? Is do they even come? Um, that is a very common question I get, and the answer is they do not reincarnate immediately while we are in this life. What happens, what I've found happens, is that our dogs and cats and other furry uh, friends will wait wait for us in the light on the other side. They're going to wait there and, uh, and, and make it easier for us to transition. And um, what happens is after everybody they know in this life has passed, then we'll all come back together in different forms. Um, one of the very first readings I did for a dog um, that was not Buzz, <laughs> my dog Buzz, was a little chihuahua who told me that he was um, helping a black dog, a medium-sized black dog, um, learn how to be a better dog and, and, do, and train him to do some of the things that he used to do. I will never forget this because it was a little tan chihuahua named Chico, and he made me. I was in. The, I was at a, attending another medium session, and in the at, during the break, he pointed me to the woman he was connected to. So I stopped the woman who was going out the door, and I asked her if she knew Chico, and she said it was her grandmother's dog. And she um, she said, "Why in the world is my grandmother's dog coming to you?" And I said, "Because." Uh, He's telling me that you have a medium-sized black dog, and he's training that dog. And she was astounded. She said, oh, my God, I have a black lab. <laughs> and he's been acting differently. He hasn't been acting as, as crazy lately. And I said, well, Chico is, is training your dog how to be a better dog and training him to have one of the habits that he did. So um, that said – our pets, when they cross over, they will come back in spirit. And if you have another pet, another cat or another dog, they will train them to have one habit that they did when they were alive. So, Claudia, it doesn't have to be a good habit. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> um, you know, they, they could be – they could like drinking out of the toilet or tearing trash out of the trash can. Um, but they are going to train your, your uh, new pet. Um, and one of the ways that you can honor your pet is to adopt another pet because Why? they they know on the other side because we, once we become spirit we we're all about love um, they know that um, you have so much love to give and to not fill up that love to not to not use that love it would be uh, a terrible injustice to a dog or cat that needs it. 
So that's a great way to uh, to honor your pet. Well, personally, um, when we finally adopted, well, bought a dog after she passed, mm-hmm. I see it like she, the dog that we got now, she helped me heal my heart. Like, like it's more me that was benefited than her, in my opinion. It's like, yeah, I love her and I treat her like, like my baby, but... She healed me in a way that I wasn't, I didn't know I could heal that much with a new dog. So I don't know if that's also part of the experience, but to me it was, it's more what I get out of it than what I think she gets. Yeah, that's true. And it's, having another, uh, adopting another pet can be very healing. So uh, one of the things that I, I focused on in Pets in the Afterlife 3 um, was about ways to cope with grief because my other two books were really about the science, about how how they're able to communicate with us, the different ways they learn, um, and the different signs that they give. And, uh, and the first two books are about dogs and cats. Um, this one is about dogs because I have so many readings about dogs. Um, that uh, and people were nice enough to let me share their their stories. Um, but and by the way, when I was finishing Pets in the Afterlife three, we lost two of our four dogs in 2020. Um, our Dachshund Franklin was 16, and Weimaraner Dolly was was one month shy of 16 years old, and they passed away five months. Um, five months away away from each other. And it, it was a devastating, devastating year. I mean, we had them both since they were puppies. Um, and, uh, and Dolly was my heart dog. So the book also has a, a chapter on each one of them because after they both passed, uh, they gave us a lot of signs. And I, and I can talk to you um, about one in particular where I, I know that our people on the other side are waiting, but I wanted to go back to, to grief, dealing with grief. Um, I had to, one of, one of my friends is a uh, um, psychologist and I asked him, he is a clinical psychologist. Um, I asked him about different ways that people cope with grief and loss. So he helped uh, put a chapter together for me about that. And there are um, a lot of great tips in here. Um, he says you should rely on, on thinking and not, not feelings. Um, you should pay close attention to your surroundings because grief and depression are, are associated with preoccupation. Not to be afraid to cry in front of others. Don't worry about others' discomfort. You know, it's not about them. It's about you. You have to heal. Um, you know, joining support groups and so forth. Uh, so there are a lot of great tips in here. Um, but one of the tips that that are in the chapter is something that I did um, that unconsciously when one of our, our dogs was uh, fading. And this is a good thing to do for anybody listening who has a, a, a pet in declining health. Um, I emailed a friend of mine and I listed all of, after we, we made the decision um, and he helped him cross over, um, I, was, I was feeling guilty. We always feel guilty when we help our pets cross over. But they don't want us to feel guilty, Claudia. They want us to know that they thank us for having the courage to do that. Um, so, uh, so I emailed this, this friend of mine and I told her all the things I was suffering with. Um, and she wrote me back and she said, look, Go back and read your email in about three days and read it as if someone sent it to you and you tell me if you made the right decision. And I did that. And I said, oh, my gosh, yeah, I, I feel so much better about it. So if you have helped your pet cross over, send an email to a friend, have them send it back to you a couple of days later. And, and you'll, feel, you'll feel better that you did the right thing for that dog or cat and helped them cross over. Um, and it doesn't matter. I mean, birds, horses, rabbits, any any pet. 
Yeah, you're right, because you do feel guilty when, when that happens. And especially uh, at those times where you wonder if they could have been there longer or because sometimes uh, when you decide um, to help them to cross over, they are not in complete agony. Sometimes you decide before they get into that point. So when you do, you're like, oh, should I let my dog suffer more? <laughs> or and, and I'm hearing myself and I get my own answers like, no, but... <laughs> But you know, but you think about those that moment a lot. Yeah, we absolutely do. And um, you know, I, the first thing I would say is rely on the advice of your veterinarian because they know better than anybody, um, you know, about the physical being of your pet. Um, and then watch your pet for for obvious signs if they um if they're not eating of course um if they're no longer engaged if they don't want to be near you um those are signs direct signs from your pet that they are tired and they want to pass um our dog franklin um in the last the last week um he he was here um he was 16 and a half he would always stay with us whenever we went in the, the den at, to watch television. So at, at the end of his life, he uh, had a spinal issue, and he was 16 and a half. He couldn't have surgery. So um, I would carry him uh, because he, fought, he had trouble walking. So I carried him into the den. He found the strength to get up and walk back into the kitchen because he didn't want to be around us. And that was his big sign that he was ready to go. Wow. Yeah, it takes, it takes a lot. But um, so pay attention to your pets. Um, so I'll tell you a couple of quirky, uh, quirky signs that people have shared with me. Um, one, one woman said that her, her dog had passed away, and I think it was a dog named Kenshi. And um, when she went to put, when she went to, uh, after her dog passed, I think it was the next day or the day after, she went to get a, a blouse from her uh, dresser, and she pulled it out, and it looked like, it looked like there was a paw print on it. And she thought, how in the world did that happen? It was clean when, you know, when I took it out of the washing machine a couple of days ago. Um, um, some, somebody else had told me that uh, after their, they, had, they had a cat, and um, after their cat passed, they saw little cat paw prints, imprints on their bath mat, and there was no other animal in the house. <laughs> um, one of the things our pets also like to do, especially cats, is to jump on the bed at night when we're sleeping. <laughs> And they like to curl up against us. Um, if you have a dog and you put your dog up there, if your dog is little, um, uh, your dog may do that in spirit. If your dog is big, <laughs> they may do it by themselves. Um, and usually we feel it as like a pressure against the back of our legs or wherever the dog used to like to sit or cat like to sit. Um, I can't tell you how many thousands of people have told me that they have felt their pets on their beds at night. Um, and it, it's it's just one of the ways that they convey that they're there. Um, uh, so another uh, earlier, Claudia, I think I mentioned cold spots, and I, I was going to tell you about mm -hmm. the science behind that. Because because I'm a scientist, to me, it's important to try and understand what what's happening and how it can happen. So when we pass away, by the way. The energy within us, the physical energies within us, combine with our memories, our personality, and the knowledge of this life we had. Then we make a conscious choice. We choose either to stay earthbound in a fixed location that we are familiar with or, or wherever, we, wherever we choose. That's what I call a ghost. Otherwise, we cross over into the light and join the energies of the cosmos or heaven or Valhalla, whatever you want to call the other side. Um, that's what I call a spirit. 99% of our pets 
cross over immediately uh, and become spirits. Ghosts can only communicate in the place that they chose to dwell. <clears throat> That's why if you go to a prison, if you go to a hospital, if you go to a uh, historic site, <clears throat> if you go to a battlefield, there are a lot of ghosts there <laughs> because they either died uh, suddenly or they were confused when they died or um, some, some ghosts haunt houses that they grew up in. But we, we're talking about pets. So pets are spirits, 99% crossover. As a spirit, what that means is they can come to you anytime, anyplace, anywhere in the world. Um, that's a big difference. Ghosts can't move from where they are, but spirits can come anywhere. Um, in 2009, and, and dates, by the way, are a big a big thing with spirit and messages. Birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays, like adoption days, passing days, all those things. Those are the times to, to look for signs. So when we were on vacation in 2009, we went to Puerto Rico, um, and something compelled me to walk. Something compelled me to to walk down one particular street. Um, we came to a, a, an intersection where there were five streets we had to choose from, and. I, I told my husband, Tom, I said, we should go down this street. And he's like, why? And I said, I don't know. I, I just keep getting the feeling we need to go down the street. We get to the end of the street, Claudia, and there was a dog walker. And he was walking uh, quite a number of dogs. And one of them was a Weimaraner who looked like Buzz. Um, right then, I heard Buzz in my head say, Dad, do you know what today is? And suddenly it hit me like a brick that it was the anniversary of the day he passed away, four years before. Wow. So he, he led me to find a dog that looked like him on the anniversary of his passing to let me know he's still around. It's pretty cool. Wow. And the thing happened, Rob, that at, at the beginning when they just passed, they showed more. And, well, and with time, they tend to show less, and is there a reason for that? It's just because your grief is not as bad, or what do you think? That, I, that's another question I get asked a lot, and the answer is because when, when they pass, we are, we are definitely needing to hear from them more. We, our grief is really extreme, and we really want to know if they're okay on the other side, maybe who they're with, or um, um, can they communicate with us? So that's why right after a pet passes, they really try very hard in the first uh, three to six months, per se, um, to try and get through to us. Once we acknowledge that they are okay, they don't have to call us, or if you will, or try to communicate with us as often, because we know they're, we know they're okay. You know, it's just like a relative in another state. You call them birthdays, anniversaries, and holidays, right? But you don't call them every day. I mean, I, I guess I, I was kind of the exception. I used to call my mother every day, and she she, she said, hey, what in the world are you calling me for? You just talked to me yesterday. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but for the most part, we only, you know, we call people intermittently. We don't, you know. Um, and that's the way it is with spirit. Once they know that we're okay, and we have accepted their passing, and they're they're okay in spirit. They're not going to try and get through to us every day. And so now let, let us let's talk a little bit about that new book that you uh, just finished. Is that in the same uh, like afterlife um, pets and the afterlife, or what's the topic on the new? Oh, well, thanks for asking about it. Um, so I've written uh, this is my ninth book that's coming out. It's called. Ghosts of the Birdcage Theater on the Medium's Vacation. Uh, this is my second in that series, uh, my, the, the series on a medium's vacation. Because when you're a medium, wherever you go, or pets who passed want to talk to you. <laughs> so, because they can sense your abilities. So mediums never get a vacation, um, really. But it does, make, it does make vacations much more interesting, though. Um, so this new book is called The Ghosts of the Birdcage Theater. And that, that Birdcage Theater is a historic place located in Tombstone, Arizona. And it was built in 1879, 1881, um, something like that. Um, 
so the Birdcage Theater, you, you you may not think you know it, but um, if you've ever seen the movie Tombstone about the Wyatt Earp story, um, the Birdcage Theater was highlighted in it. Um, Wyatt Earp was in Tombstone, and he was actually one of the guests that went there. Um, when I went there on vacation in 2019, <laughs> I took a ghost tour, and I actually ran into 11 different ghosts, and every one of them were confirmed. We got pictures of two of them, and I sketched out other ones. So it's it's a pretty cool experience. Um, so the book's going to publish at the uh, probably by the end of February. But... Um, I, I did another one about the ghost of England on the medium's vacation. So if people like history, uh, if they like uh, like British history, like the Tudor period, uh, castles, um, I met many, many dead people that wanted to talk to me. And I met the only ghost dog that I ever encountered. He was in a museum. Oh, yeah, oh, he was wow. in a museum, formerly a house. <laughs> Why would a, a dog become a ghost? Because usually when your energy is connected to a place, mm-hmm. uh, but I would think all, all pets are wiser than that. So it was, did you find a specific reason why this dog is, is chose to stay there? Yeah, I did, actually. That's a, that's a great question. Um, normally pets will cross over because, <clears throat> pet, as you know, pets can sense – um, a good person, they can sense love, they can sense kindness. So when they see the light, that's what they feel. They feel love and kindness and peace, and that's why they all go to it. Plus, our relatives are on the other side, calling them first. In this particular instance, this little dog, um, uh, this dog's name was Fanny, and she belonged to uh, Mr. and Mrs. John Soane of uh, England. He was a British architect. He was very, very um, devoted to his mom. Um, so when he passed, when the little dog passed, um, she rather, um, she decided that she would not cross over. She had to be with her mother. So she mm-hmm. stayed. That doesn't happen. 99% of the time that doesn't happen. So what happened was after the mother passed, the dog was left behind oh no yeah it it is it it is somewhat sad but the when we went in there the first thing (laughs) i opened the door to the music it's now a museum it used to be a house um i saw this little dog running around and i didn't and i thought is that a real dog (laughs) you know sometimes you don't know when you're a medium (laughs) um and uh my husband said no there's no dog here and i'm like okay so um I wound up talking to people and uh, th- that worked there, and they said, yes, there is the, a little ghost dog running around. That's Mrs. Soane's dog. And, um, and then we found a big portrait of Mrs. Soane with her dog, Fanny. Um, so the little dog still runs around and has fun in the museum <clears throat> greeting new people every day. <laughs> so oh, it's, wow. not, it's not as sad as it could be, but um, yeah. And do you do with pets, ghost pets, the same kind of ceremony to free them and to free them and go to the light or not? It's it's very similar. So it, in order to cross a ghost over, to get a ghost to cross over into the light and become a spirit, uh, it requires a number of living people to combine their emotional energies. Um, and what we do is we project in the corner of whatever room we're in a a light um, using our minds because thoughts are energy. Um, And then we see, once we create a portal of light, then we call people people from the other side to come get um, either a pet or a person on this side to help them cross over. Um, I did cross one dog over in an investigation, and the way I did it was I opened a portal of light, called people related to the dog on the other side, humans, and then I actually took, I think it was a begging strip, <laughs> an actual dog <laughs> treat, and I threw it to the direction of the light, and we all, all of us in the room, sensed the dog had crossed over, would, and what's, because they behave the same way in, in, you know, in spirit that they do in, in life. 
What's interesting, Claudia, is that usually whenever some, we cross somebody over, we get a warm rush of air. I can't mm. explain. Can't explain that, but um, that's how I know it worked. So it is cold while they're wandering around, and then when they go to the light, it becomes warm. Um, so <clears throat> they're not cold all the time. The only time they're cold is when they their only time they appear cold is when they're trying to get energy enough to communicate. So because mm-hmm. ghosts and spirits are energy, they use heat, light, water, and electricity. They also use, ghosts use negative emotional energy of fear, anxiety, depression, and anger. Those are all the things that fuel a ghost, earthbound. Spirits rely on uh, faith, hope, and love, heat, light, water, and electricity. So, so spirits rely on positive emotional energy. Ghosts rely on negative emotional energy. Um, when either one of them want to get strong enough to send a sign, what they do is, uh, and I really had to reason this out as a scientist, they take the energy of motion of air molecules. They take that energy that's moving the air molecules and they absorb it. And by doing that, they slow the motion of molecules down. When you have slow-moving molecules of air, you have cooler air. When you have fast-moving molecules of air, you have warmer air. That's why scientifically I have figured out wherever there's a cold spot and you feel somebody, it's likely a ghost or a spirit. Okay, now, in, as a medium, there are mediums that only communicate with spirits. There are ones that only communicate with ghosts and like you, you do both. Have you noticed in yourself that you manage both kind of energies to be able to communicate with ghosts, negative em- neg- um, energies, and with spirits, positive negative um, energies, sorry? So do you have to have those kind of energies yourself to be able to communicate with that kind of entity? Uh, no. You can, um, as long as you're open to it. Um, I will say though that um, the spirits always make you feel good when you're usually when you're communicating with a spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, ghosts, not so much, <laughs> because ghosts um, because ghosts uh, uh, use negative emotional energy. They also emit it. So if you have a ghost in your house, they are emitting energy that will make you more irritable, more angry, more short-tempered, more depressed. That's why it's not good to have a ghost in your house. You have to get them crossed over for, for their sake and for your sake. So. Of course. Hmm, that's interesting. And so is that another one of the services that you do? If I happen to have a ghost in my house and I want him to cross over, can I call Rob? Uh, you can if you live close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I don't. Oh, what? You don't do remote? No, I haven't done. Re- well, I, I've only done uh, two remote crossings. Um but I have to do them with uh, another medium from the team. So, okay. yeah. So if, if anybody does have a ghost in your house, just contact the local paranormal group and they can help you. It, it, because it's really uh, more important that uh, that they're on site um, and that they that they're able to take their time in communicating. So, um, but again, most of the time, it, it will not be your pets and spirit. Um, unless they're coming to visit. Um, I will tell you a couple of other quick, interesting things, speaking of paranormal investigations. Um, I did take our dog, Dolly, the one that had passed now. Um, um, when she was eight years old, I took her on a paranormal investigation only because the family suspected their their family dog who had passed was coming back and forth to visit. Well, Dolly helped prove that it was in fact the family dog <clears throat> who was visiting because she did the same exact thing that their dog did. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's in my Pets in the Afterlife one book. Um, 
I'm not, I'm not going to give it away, but um, so pets, if you have another, if you have living pets at home and you have a pet that passed, uh, here's another thing I discovered being a scientist. Dogs have a different physiology in their eyes and their hearing. So dogs can have different cones and rods in their eyes that enables them to see faster movement. Spirits move at a faster vibration. We can't see them, but dogs can see them head on, dogs and cats. So spirits, so dogs and cats can see ghosts, and they can see spirits. Dogs and cats also hear at different frequencies than humans. If you think of a dog whistle, we can't hear it, but, but they can. Spirits tend to communicate at a different frequency that we can't hear. That's why paranormal investigators use digital recorders and play, this, play the tape back so they can actually hear what the spirit is saying. So if your dog or cat is staring at nothing, your dog or cat may be staring at a visiting dog or cat or human spirit or an earthbound ghost if you happen to live in a haunted house. So, um, yeah, so all of these – see, this is what happens when you talk to a scientist <laughs> – who also is a medium. <laughs> it's a lot of, uh, it's a geek out session kind of. <laughs> and Rob, before we leave, just one more question. When you have, um, in, in like, like you, that you have a group of dogs and one of them dies, but you notice that one of your dogs is really affected emotionally of the passing of that dog, mm -hmm. How, what can you do to help your remaining dog? Um, pay them more attention. Um, know that dogs and cats suffer from depression just like we do. When our dog Dolly passed in October uh, 2020, our, we have a little dachshund who's 10 years old who was bonded to her. They slept together, played together, ate together. They did everything together. When she passed, I put him in bed with us. Um, and I let him sleep with us for the first couple of weeks. And then I would I would lay on the floor with him for a couple of weeks after that and wait till he fell asleep. And then I got up and went to bed. Um, they suffer from depression the same way that we do. So it's important to acknowledge that. Just pay them more attention. Thank you for that. Is there anything else that you want to tell us uh, before we leave? Um, well, I would like to say that um, – First of all, thank you to all the pet parents that love your, your pets unconditionally. Um, and secondly, do not feel guilty when you help them cross over. They usually give us signs uh, that it's time, and they appreciate what you do and all the courage that you have. Um, for anyone who wants a reading, they can go to robgutrow.com or petspirits, with an S at the end, .com. Um, I, like I said, I do email readings on weekends. Um, I, have a, I have a minimal charge for it, but that's because each reading takes about a half an hour. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a long time. Our pets like to chat. Um, and all my books are on Amazon. They're all under $10 because I'm self-published. I want people to read and get comfort knowing how their pets are communicating with them. That's the reason Buzz has made me do what I do. And I want, I want to help everybody find that comfort that uh, that I was able to find and um, and that was Buzz's quest that that was his mission and and he yes. certainly has helped me with it so thank well, you thank, no thank you and thank Buzz for that and Rob would you come back another time and maybe talk about your um, your books in the, um, the the traveling medium books I would be more than happy to do that Thank you. Yeah, there's some really fascinating stuff. There's some really cool, cool dead people that cool I met. Stories. I would love that. Yeah, that's so interesting. Thank you for being here. We have lots of people that are listening to today's show. So please go to Rob Kutro, G U T R O dot com, or Pet Spirits with an S at the end dot com, or follow you on Facebook, you are on Amazon, you are on Twitter, all of them. So there's lots of ways to contact Rob. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you, Rob, again, and have a wonderful uh, weekend. And at the 14th of February, I hope you have a, a good Valentine's Day. Goodbye.